In today's Live Treasured podcast, the timeless purpose of Passover and your present walk with the Lord today with special guest Lois Tverberg, author of Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. Let's talk about Passover because we're getting ready to set to celebrate um, the the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, um, mm-hmm. and so I'd love to um, I'd love to, for our audience to learn more about that. I started, I guess, three years ago. I started celebrating Passover just just with yeah. my family, um, mm-hmm. and it was really it was so interesting to me the first time that I did it. Uh, and I'm not saying that I did it like to the T. You know, no, and, but yeah, but I but it was so interesting to me um, how touched my husband was and mm-hmm. even my high school son. So uh-huh. you yeah. know, it was just it was really a beautiful experience. Um, and so and so we we know that the annual celebrations that Passover was was one of them um, mm-hmm. that God created for His people. Can you give our audience? Um, mm-hmm the background of why annual celebrations were important in biblical times and then, you know, what they mean for us today. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. Um, You have asked a deep and rich question. Uh, That's like (laughs) all day long. Um, Passover is part of seven festivals or feasts where your family and your community get together to celebrate and remember what the Lord has done for you. Mm-hmm. And really that word remember is the absolute centerpiece of the whole thing. Is it? And actually when we talk about memorialize to, it's like you're playing out over and over and over again, we're going to go right back there Imagine ourselves, um, Passover is all about when the Lord brought his people out of Egypt mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, formed them into a people Israel, you know, when, mm-hmm. Passover, when Pharaoh would not let them go yes. and uh, he sent the plagues. And so that's what it's about. Uh, one thing that I didn't realize is, you know, when we read the New Testament, if you ask a Christian, okay, what's the most important scene in Egypt in the New Testament? You say, well, Christ and his mm-hmm. death and resurrection for mm-hmm. sins. We we know right where to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. But you say, well, Old Testament, where what would it be? Creation? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's lots of things going mm-hmm. on. Building of the temple. I don't know. Actually, the scene that is celebrated throughout the whole Hebrew Bible, Old Old Testament, that is the big deal, is the Lord's liberation of Israel from Egypt. God keeps saying, because I brought you out of Egypt, I will. And so, and he wants them to keep celebrating the fact that he loved them so much. Mm -hmm. And it's very, as Christians, you have to, it's not very hard, but you have to kind of realize that just as he loved and liberated these people who hardly knew him from these from bondage to 
icky idols and demons, you know, because the gods of Egypt were demons. Mm -hmm. And he um, speaks through that, and he's been speaking through that through the millennia to us as Christians, that he speaks to us lost, and he brings us out, and he liberates from these foreign gods Mm -hmm. to allow us to serve and be among his people. So that's Passover. They celebrate by um, having a lovely dinner now in the Bible. They had, uh, they ate lamb and I'm guessing your readers might know the story about how they were supposed to, you know, God had been sending all these plagues to Egypt. And then on the last night he says, go into your house, pack your stuff, prepare a big, tasty feast of lamb, which is, oh boy, you don't do that very often, you know, and especially if you've been starving and in Egypt and, right. and uh, I'm, you know, paint the blood around your doorposts mm-hmm. and, uh, and before morning, you're going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, and, when we celebrate that, um, it actually says we're supposed to pretend like we ourselves are in Egypt mm. on our last night. Mm-hmm. Um, part of actually, it's a, a the tradition now. I don't know how long you want me to go, but the tradition now, and of course, thousands of years, and there's no temple, so they don't eat lamb now, but there's a tradition now of having a, a very orderly um, readings through out of a little book. It's like they're doing Bible study at the supper table, which I right. think is a great idea. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I like doing Bible study all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Sure. Yeah. So you bring your book to the table and you walk your way through, mm-hmm. but there's actually a deliberate, it's a, it takes a long time before you actually have your supper. And the first things of you, you know, you take your parsley, your salt water, and you dip it in, and you're supposed to taste the the tears that you shed in Egypt, uh-huh. and you relive your, you, you think in terms of, oh, I was, oh, I was in bondage for so many years, yeah. and my taste my tears Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. get just a little taste of unleavened bread which Mm -hmm. you know looks just like a cracker right and I have to say um when you're really hungry those things just make you hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and so you sit there kind of gnawing and waiting for the Lord to redeem you by letting you have your have your lamb and so you really you really uh and I tell about how that actually, in the story that I, in the book, mm-hmm. you know, we, I have taught it many times in churches, but we set up a little Passover reenactment, mm-hmm. uh, Last Supper reenactment at my church. And we, um, and I was on the team to do all the setup, get everything. And then um, I ate too much. I was really, really hungry, ate mm-hmm not or ate just a decent supper mm-hmm. and then they had a service afterwards mm-hmm. for Monday Thursday mm-hmm. and I'm like 
falling asleep. Oh. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is that so critical because all of a sudden I understood that scene of the disciples falling asleep. Right. And all of a sudden is like, and then I started putting two and two together is, you know, the reason why they arrested Jesus then is because all of Jerusalem was going to be asleep. Right. It's not in broad daylight. And that actually totally shifted my picture because the way that we have way I read it was that um, all the Jewish people were standing around and, you know, Jesus, who they've been worshiping all of a sudden, all of a sudden is like, yeah, we don't, who are you? Arrest him. Oh, no, no. He had a huge band of followers, Jewish followers who were passionate to understand him. Right. And yet um, the leadership was not impressed. And so they, of course, you know, so that's, it's, that's a long story. I think you've got many other questions, but um, that's part of the story is as soon as I tried out Passover, when I learned more, every time I have celebrated it or taught about it, the Lord speaks newly through yeah. um, these really rich, deep, long-rooted celebrations to yeah. teach me something new. Yeah. And I love um, how you brought out um, that it was, that Passover is all about remembering mm -hmm. what God has done. Um, yeah. And and you mention in your book that whenever the Lord speaks to his people and tells them, you know, mm -hmm. I want you to go do, or mm -hmm. before he gave the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. before he did, he yeah. said, remember, yeah. I rescued you from Egypt. Mm -hmm. and, um, and something yeah. in my own walk with the Lord that has been so interesting is that nothing mm -hmm. helps me appreciate grace more. Than mm -hmm. the Old Testament, yeah. When mm -hmm. I I remember reading through Jer studying mm -hmm. Jeremiah and crying at times, just mm -hmm. thinking about the gift that we have of the new covenant. But mm -hmm. you yeah. don't appreciate that unless you go back and remember what mm -hmm. you've been mm -hmm. released from. Mm -hmm. And it's not only a remembering of what I have been released from. It's what God is going to continue to do in my life. Like yeah. remember his power to, to, yeah. to free me from, from the sin that that's holding yeah. on to me. Um, yeah. because he wants us to be free yeah. to, to worship yeah. him. And yeah. so that, that point of, you know, pausing to remember, yeah. um, because mm -hmm. if we don't, then mm -hmm. it'll be, oh, he hung on a cross and grace, 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 and grace, great, grace, grace. But the gratitude for what God has done can, yeah. can dissipate. Yeah. And in, in the old great. covenant, mm -hmm. you know, they were obeying God out of fear when he gave the 10 commandments, right? He thundered and he clapped. And then we have the, uh, mm -hmm. the perfect love that God has given us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to mm -hmm. me, just that mm -hmm. remembrance mm -hmm. of what God has done and mm -hmm. what reminding me of what he can mm -hmm. still do in my life mm -hmm. brings a depth of gratitude, but then also ignites mm -hmm. that hope. Yeah, um, that's right. Within and, I, and if I can, if I can actually, there is another component of, um, 
just how these celebrations are, and I, I, I uh, is that they are actually really kind of eternal. Is that you're both you're celebrating past, present, and future, and the way the Israelites did that is you're celebrating in the spring, you're celebrating the planting and the mm-hmm. fall, you're celebrating the harvest. And when your life depends upon whether you, the, the rains have come, mm-hmm. which they don't, Israel is kind of right on the edge of the desert. And so the Lord always kind of there. And uh, when the rains are adequate and you get this wonderful harvest that's going to sustain you the first thing you do is you bring it to the lord and so what he does is in the it's actually not just this one commemoration there are a couple there's a another set of festivals in the fall and one of them is called the feast of tabernacles where you mm-hmm. build a booth and you sit outside um uh theoretically you sit outside for a week outside your home in a booth that has these little rickety branches mm-hmm. and the and uh you are at the liberty of the elements but it's like you're pretending that you're lost in the desert for yeah. another and it's uh and so all year long you it reminds you of I am dependent on the Lord yeah I am part of a people who the Lord brought you know and so you yeah, and that's, I guess, so yes, definitely, I guess I'm trying to pull it together, even yeah. during, and of course, you have to think your brain back into their harvest time, mm-hmm. is that they've just harvested their fields, and they're surrounded by all this bounty, but then right in the middle of that, he says, build a booth, Oh. going to blow over at any moment oh. and remind yourself. That is amazing. You know why that is amazing? And mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring out a sentence that you wrote inside of um, that part where you talk about Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing about our God with that is that, yeah. you know, inside of uh, – Inside of Deuteronomy, he says mm-hmm. that he wants them to learn that dependence so that mm-hmm. when they're mm-hmm. in the promised land and they have all the abundance, yeah, that yeah. they they that they won't forget about the Lord. They won't forget mm-hmm. to depend on him. And the that's greatest right. test for mm-hmm. us, I think that's why, you know, in, in Proverbs, it says, you know, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and, uh, but you know, basically that the best place for us to be is not in a place of extreme wealth or extreme poverty, but right in the middle to where we're consistently having to depend on the Lord. And, uh, but so in abundance really is the greatest test. It is. Will will we depend on God when, when we are without, you know, we'll, Hopefully, we're we're crying out to him and depending on him, but there's certainly a greater motivation to do that. But it's it's after the the victory, after we have all. I mean, that's when David fell, right? So, um, I, I'm writing something about David this morning. That's everybody's like, where you brought in David? We're talking about anyway. But so I love that the Lord in that season of abundance with their crop. Yeah. Wanted to remind them of their yeah. dependence. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. And and there's a sentence that you write in the book. I think I've underlined it mm, 
six or seven times highlighted it with a few colors. So I'm going to paraphrase here. So you fill in where I'm, where I'm wrong, but you talk about how the feast of the tabernacles was to remind us of how following the Lord can be incredibly insecure and beautiful Mm -hmm. all at the same time. I wept over that one because it just so (laughs) how it feels sometimes to follow the Lord, you know? So I totally, I I mean, it totally, I would say, and I tell a little of the story of um, when I first started, uh, uh, I left my tenure track professor job Mm -hmm. at a college Wow. Partly because I have some health difficulties, but mm-hmm. partly because I was so passionate about teaching and mm-hmm. uh, my I did this with a couple of friends and we were so excited. We wanted to talk about the feast and that was um yeah. And we were going to do this big celebration at the at, at my church in town. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, we went to the local radio station uh, to do a little interview, and as we were interviewing, <laughs> the um, the guy poked his head in the studio, and he says, um, uh, "You know, we're going to have to have a a break here because a plane just ran into the one of the twin oh, towers, wow. and wow. we were." I had left everything my mm-hmm. and uh, you know I mean as horrifying as the the you know events were in, in New September York 11. it also yeah. sent the economy into a free fall and mm-hmm. if you're a little ministry that starts out of nothing and doesn't have anything we were in a very very <laughs> very you were like okay moment. god yeah <laughs> yeah and it was like i was like i was living in a little book booth that was like shaky and so just kind of what you're describing is that in when you are in that moment of absolute insecurity he he keeps in his in the biblical feasts and i should just say i'm a christian i'm not a messianic jew mm-hmm. i teach christian audiences mm-hmm. and these kinds of things are really rich mm-hmm. um but i'm not a person who feels that a person n- needs to do them there are some people who get very oh they're so rich you should yeah. do them you should, yeah. should i'm not uh there's uh partly as a single person mm-hmm. you know they're they're set up as communal. You know, how do you yeah. feast on a lamb by yourself? Lambs are big. I'm small. I can't eat that yeah. much. Yeah. And so, it, and you can see that the Lord's speaking to a community and they're to reenact and teach your children. This is one of the biggest things. And that part of remembering is that it's not just you yourself, Eileen, remembering my past. Mm -hmm. It's about your family remembering what the Lord has been doing and is going to do through you and part as part of your and specifically within, within your family. So, so celebrating that. Um, and it's, it's so, it's so important to, um, that, you know, that we remember these things Mm -hmm. because 
you know, we are being reminded every day in the news of Mm -hmm. why we should worry and what, you know, we're reminded all the time of what we don't have through social media. And so the Lord in his goodness for us and for others set up these annual times for us to pause, just like with Sabbath. Sabbath was set up for man to pause and to rest because God knew that we would need it. And I love, too, that you pointed out because the Bible is also clear that we I don't have to celebrate this feast. To, right. to yeah. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. To me, it's uh, like a want to, you know, because it... It is bringing me deeper in into my faith um, with the yeah. Lord, and it's reminding me of His goodness. It provides a way of connection with Him um, that mm-hmm. is not. I'm not doing it to get God to love me. Uh, I'm doing it because I I love Him, and it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, you know. And I'm yeah. I'm receiving that. Mm-hmm. Um, that remembrance from that. Um, and that's a faith builder and we need to do that. Those visual reminders of God's faithfulness are so paramount because there's plenty of reminders inside of the world of the effects of sin and of, and of evil. And so in order for us to have hope, you know, I think that the the celebrations, the annual feasts, are a part of that. They help us. Yes. Yeah. They they enrich our lives. And and honestly, I would say, if you're and that people are at different points, and of course, you know, some have families and some don't. But Mm -hmm. I would say, and I should say, I've been you know just teaching about all these kinds of biblical things for years and years and years, and I can see that uh, I've seen people, families, and churches who have incorporated them mm-hmm. into their traditions, mm-hmm. and they're just continually deepened and enriched every time, and it knits together their family. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you do that with Christian celebrations, it will knit together your yeah. family in a yeah. way that you know, because it's very hard to get a family together, especially now with right. all internet and travel and whatever. Right. Um, it is recalling the fun you had and knowing that this time is set apart for you to celebrate mm-hmm. that will bring you together in a happy place. And you continually um, bind yourselves to each other and you bind yourself to God. And that's mm-hmm. really what. He actually, you know, in Deuteronomy, he says, you know, save up a tenth of your income just to buy tasty foods and drink (laughs) and (laughs) rejoice and come and rejoice before me, which is really surprising because he wants and teach your children, teach your children. Mm -hmm. And I think um, not even being married, but I would say that uh, that kind of bedrock of a family remembrance mm-hmm. of what who you are and how you love the Lord mm-hmm. um, can be just so uh, it roots you deep in yeah. uh, in uh, 
bedrock bedrock of the scriptures and eternity in a way that um, if you're just, you know, going to services and only hearing some words every day, you don't have this sense of, no, this really is deep and long and eternal. And I'm a part of a big, big thing. I'm a part of a people who the Lord has redeemed. Yeah. What he's saying through that. Yeah. And that's, um, and that's a, very profound um, concept to get to get our minds around, and so you know these these feasts have many purposes. But I think from today, you know, it's it's a place of remembrance of remembrance what God has done and and what he he will do. And so, um, and you you reference Jesus. Um, sharing the Passover meal. And it, inside of that, communion is also first birthed and, and introduced. Okay. Um, okay. So with yeah. with the joining of the two, I mean, mm-hmm. is, is communion mm-hmm. Passover? Or how does yeah. all that connect? Well, great question. I see your eyes lighting up. So <laughs> she's getting to share. Yeah. Well, it's... It's like uh, one of I, what I talk about is I, I'm addicted to aha moments, mm-hmm. aha, just mm-hmm. uh, and when Jesus is speaking about you know this is my blood poured out for a new covenant. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If you're a nerd, and I don't expect people all nerds, but you're, you're, a nerd's brain will go back to Jeremiah 31, where mm-hmm. God promises, I will make a new covenant mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of sin. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's the shift. You know, the Lord said to Israel, I'm going to give you a covenant for you will be my people and you and you're going to represent me on earth you're going to live the way I want you to mm-hmm. and I know that people and you know Joe regular Christians who, who say uh that's too hard and it didn't work so hot and they gave up and it was not it was too hard and you know mm-hmm. and so you have all these stories and we struggle with that ourselves I grew up in a very Lutheran we're, we gave up on trying we just gave up mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, uh, and that's, this is a whole nother story and different subject. The, I'm going to challenge you a little bit is the Lord's laws and the Torah were really good things Mm -hmm. and his people, it was not set up just to make them angry and frustrated. Mm -hmm. He was teaching them how to to live in ways that would ultimately knit together a society. There's the Lord is actually, he speaks really good things to Israel through his Torah, his laws. And yet, of course, we know it's tough. And so he promises, this is later, we're not doing so well. I'm going to give you a new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. And when Christ at communion 
says this is the blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. He's speaking about as good as all of God's teachings, his Torah, his laws have been. There is this radical brokenness and this lostness that I have come to heal, right? And so that is, and uh, this is my body, and he holds up um, matzah, the Mm -hmm. unleavened bread, which they call the bread of affliction. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that seem kind of? Mm -hmm. And this pierced and broken Mm -hmm. body. And uh, the... There, there's a scholar, there's many scholars who point out that this was a, uh, it's called the Afikoman mm-hmm. now. And it, people will say, well, it's like dessert. It's the last little bit that you eat at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this very ancient tradition about how you break it into and hide a little piece Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that they, the kids, you send the kids to go find it at a certain right. point. I'm not going to give you all of the details, but some, there's this thought is that the Messiah, he's hidden away, but someday he's going to come mm-hmm. and redeem us. Yes. And it, this Passover, actually, as you look back on your redemption long ago, you're you're going to plant your fields and your harvest and you say, Oh, and the Lord is here with me right now because yeah. you're an ancient Israel Israelite farmer. And you say, but he, he promised to redeem me, redeem us, our people yeah. from sin. Yeah. And he promised that in the future. And so there's this eternality. And so when a mm-hmm. Christian celebrates it, a Christian doesn't just think in terms of Jesus paid for my sins mm-hmm. and bam, it goes back to the 2000 years ago. A Christian says, wow, thousands of years earlier, Jesus is using these images of redemption to say, just as you were lost in your sins, like I said, the uh, back in Egypt, they were enslaved to foreign gods, enslaved mm-hmm. to gods who said, we don't care what good things you could do with your life. You're going to do what I tell you. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, a lot of our slavery is to things that we wish we could serve God. We wish we could be a part of his mm-hmm. plan. And then mm-hmm. yet we, we get through our own foolish impulses. We get enslaved to other things. Yes. Yes. And God needs to right. um, pull us out, teach us better ways of living, and then he needs to forgive us when we don't do as well. <laughs> right, right. Which is, you know, the uh, the provision of um, of not only forgiveness, but then of, of the Holy Spirit, too. And I, I love how you talk inside of your book about how um, the, the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost, celebrates Mm -hmm. that, that the law was given, but then we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit. And, Mm -hmm. and again, it's just that continual theme Mm -hmm. of remember, remember everything that your inheritance in Christ uh, means and all that God has, has given you. Um, 
because God knows our human nature. And we, as you know, we, we remember the things we need to forget like grudges and <laughs> you know, wrongs. I mean, you know, and then, and then we, um, we forget the things that, that we, that we should remember and that will in turn, not just be a blessing to us, but will be a blessing to others as we live um, God's instructions for us that tell us how to love other people. And then I love the eternality of it. That is, it, I mean, it just, again, illustrates that eternal divine mm-hmm. purpose um, of, of Passover. Um, and I want to invite our audience to get your book because inside of your book, you have mm-hmm. a way to celebrate Passover. Um, yeah. And there's there's many, you know, resources out there on the internet, but yeah. uh, you were recommended to me as a very biblical uh, author and, uh, and certainly your resources have been wonderful for me and I know they will for our audience. So I would just encourage you, you know, to, to do that. And, and you may be saying, well, Easter is coming up right around the corner. Mm-hmm. See Easter or see the day that Jesus was resurrected yeah. as a time to remember. Thanks so much for joining me today with my conversation with Lois Traverber. Isn't she amazing? Oh my goodness, how I love her resources. Listen, We dove into a deep topic today of Passover, and there's so much more. I started studying the roots of my Jewish faith uh, seriously probably about three years ago, and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. But each time I look a little deeper, I'm blessed through that journey. I highly recommend her resources. She's been a great author, and I've enjoyed reading uh, her material. So, Check out her website, and I hope that you and your family have a beautiful time together celebrating the beautiful gift of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.